Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Sparkles and Rhinestones pageant podcast, or welcome to the podcast if it's your first time. My name is Hannah. I am the founder of Sparkles and Rhinestones, which is one of the leading UK advice pages for UK pageantry, um, as well as an award-nominated pageant coach, and also newly crowned. When I say newly crowned, it's been a month now, over a month, so is that still newly crowned? I don't know. But (laughs) I have, wow, you're getting two episodes in the space of three days. I am treating you girls. But I feel if I don't record it, and also I am procrastinating for my essay, don't come for me. (laughs) If I don't record it now, it's it's going to be like, as I said, with that list, it's just going to go down further and further. And I really wanted to carry on. Um, the two parts and also I promised Felicia that I would get this out on Sunday and I can't break a promise (laughs) which means that this obviously has been recorded on Saturday and uh, Saturday night Sunday morning we will have new queens because Galaxy Internationals will be competing Um, so I hope by the time I upload this episode uh, we will have new queens in the UK from the UK, obviously, bringing the crowns back, international crowns, you know, let's go to the UK and Ireland, and I just, yeah, I'm so proud of um, my girls who have had their interviews, I'm just proud of the team as well, you've just done incredible, this is literally the last, like, international to catch up, Um, well, I say that Miss International is, but, you know, like, with a team of girls, is the last catch up so I'm super excited to see um what comes out it's funny because like I've definitely got FOMO from seeing all of it even though I literally was in Texas in June um different experiences uh, <laughs> and also I've I can't be competing in uh, international for a long time um so, but I just love seeing the pictures it's so good and pink tacos I'm all for it but that is not all we're here to talk about today this is the part two yes there is a, another part so if you haven't listened to it please listen to that one first before you listen to this episode um and it's lengthy, so take your time, bubble bath or whatever you're doing. Don't try and do this and like do pageant prep at the same time. So I always find that I write down stuff when I'm listening. So I don't listen to music um, when I'm practicing. Obviously, I do when I'm walking, but <laughs> FYI, it's, it's a mood, it's a mix. But, so, we have part two. Part one talked more about transparency of directors and I do feel like we do need more transparency with some directors who are telling different contestants different things who don't tell you everything um that you need to know um so for example you know like the scoring what scores go to which um that's a very important thing to know so if you haven't listened to it, please go listen. But just like a, a little summarization, if you are searching for your system, you need to know that you're the right fit, not rather than like you mold yourself to them, which is something we're going to be discussing. Um, because we only talked about directors and, you know, some about contestants and we will go through that because some of them are red flags, uh, but others are <laughs> more irritations um that you see a lot in pageantry like you know like how many people are crowned in one night and I do get that 
for a contestant is great because you have more ample opportunities to win a crown, but then it does dilute the whole winner um, situation. So it's very interesting how things are done and awards. And as we said, the red flags, if you have to pay for additional awards that are already part of your scoring. So for example, interview, should I be paying for um, an interview certificate at all? Like appearances? No. Congeniality? No. But I do get that there are optional awards like spokesmodel. Um, like will there be an on-stage question or talent? You know, there are lots of different um optionals that uh you can pay for, which is great. And honestly, if you have the money and you have the opportunity, go for it. Because I always get asked when I'm coaching girls, like, when they're entering and they're like, oh, I don't know what rounds to enter. I'm like, well, which ones do you really like out of the optionals? Because you don't, just don't need to enter them all because you want to, um, because you feel like you have to even. And that's the same with coaches as well. We talked about, um, before I go off the other point, um, <laughs> but, you know, you do the ones that you want to do rather than ones you feel like you have to do. And if you have the money, do it, because it just adds to your experience. You know, especially if this is your first pageant, you get to experience, like, every single part of it and then you know maybe a couple of years down the line if you go back to that pageant you'll know which ones you want to do and which ones you don't um but then yep going to the coaches um talked about official coaches and um people feeling like you should have to book with that certain coach um and one thing actually we were discussing on live um, yesterday we were talking about different things and there's also some opportunities of um, I think that for Sparkles as well we're going to do some like live interviews and I would like to invite some other coaches on as well because as I've always said and I'll say this again for me Sparkles is never a money-making thing Um, I wanted to give free advice and have that poor call however I also <laughs> do need to compensate for my time if I'm spending you know like a whole day coaching girls that's a whole day out of my like schedule um and lots of things do get pushed behind like the essays but we'll talk about that later um (laughs) so if you have listened to part one so we did touch on double sashing um and we are going to talk about so this was mentioned a few times of crown chasers now i'm going to do the definition of this and then we're gonna dissect it a little bit because it is a red flag but also i feel like we've put this uh idea in pageantry that we should only be in one system uh, that we shouldn't compete in one system and if we don't win we should always keep going back and have that whole year um and I, I did a post about it and I've, you know, I've talked to different people about this issue. Um, and I think that sometimes some people are just quick to judge sometimes um, because that's just ingrained in us of how our views of pageantry are. And as I said before, everyone's view of pageantry is different. Like when you're a queen, people view being a queen differently to other people. Um you know, like, right now, I feel really guilty because I'm prioritising something else. (laughs) 
Like, you know, I have one event this month. So I'm doing one appearance. Um, I mean, I've, do, I've done some campaigns and, you know, I'm, there are ideas and stuff. And I'm going to be in a busy season in September and October. However, it's completely natural for me because I'm always on the go. Um, but for others, one is all what they would want to do that month. That's what they've set out to do. One appearance a month. Perfect. You know, unless their contract says more. Or, you know, it's... Everyone feels differently. But let's go into it. So double sashing is basically, as we said, wearing two sashes at one event. For some people, we've actually seen three people, uh, three sashes on one person. Exactly the same photo set up, just a different sash each time. And when you upload that on social media and you can see it, so it's not like you have these different pages. Um, yeah, you can see that. It's disrespectful to both systems, even if... And even if this system has the same... Like two different systems have the same director... It's not, I I guess it's not disrespectful to the director because, you know, they know that you've entered both. Um, and some, some people will enter more than one pageant system and they have a way. And I'm going to tell you why that's not bad, but not good <laughs> in a minute. So it's not... There is a disrespect if you're wearing, like, two different systems of different directors. Um, however, if a judge... I said, if a judge is to see those photos and they're going to question, wow, you're already competing in this system, but you've entered your next system as well. So, you know, why are you competing in this system? Why do you want to win this system when you're already, like, you've already chosen to compete in another system? So, going on to why it's not good, but it's not bad... You have the choice to compete in as many different pageant systems as you want. If you have the money to put put the money down for a sash, uh, the deposits, because, you know, some pageants will give you a sash on deposit. Others will wait until you fit, pay the full amount. So, you know, I paid 250 for my um for me to get my sash uh, in other pageants. I paid 50 or 100 as a deposit and then got my sash and then paid the rest um, before the due date. And I will tell you now, I, when I was younger, I did do multiple systems. There was a year, I've talked about it before, in 2016, uh, where I competed in... Face the Globe, then Miss Inspiration, then Catwalk Perfect, then Yemi, and then Beauty UK. So I did an international final. Obviously, my contract had ended after the finals, um, and then went straight to Inspiration because I had a, a regional title that I won. Um, and then there was that gap where I actually had entered into Galaxy as well, Um and because I didn't have a coach and I wanted to get stage practice, I was like, okay, Carol Perfect was a free um, entry, so I did that. Um, and it was it was non-contracted at the time. That pageant no longer exists, but it was non-contracted. Um, and then they changed their ruling for the second year. Um, so I was like, oh, great. This is a great experience. And my, uh, my thinking was, if I was to win these pageants... Um, for some of them, it's like, if I won, I would still compete in um, 
in, in Galaxy because of it was non-contracted. Of course, well, Yemi actually in 2016 was non-contracted as well. Um, and that ruling changed. Um, a little fact for you. <laughs> I said, I'm really old and pageants right now. Um, it's not now. It is contracted. It was contracted in 2017. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, my dream for pageantry was to go to America. Um, that was the big dream for me for pageantry. So when Yemi had the opportunity to go to America, I was like, yes, I'm going to enter this. Of course, I didn't win. I entered Beauty UK because the sponsorship was £20. Like, how £20? Um, and that, once again, was a non-contracted pageant. Um, so, you know, by the time I got to Galaxy, I was exhausted. Um, but because I didn't have any coaching, so this is what people did. Now, as I just stated then, I could have competed in different pageants because they were non-contracted. If you're entering contracted pageants, as soon as you have that crown and title, you can't compete for a whole year. And that's something to be really mindful of. Um... Because I, if I really wanted a title, I'm not going to pay 250 for two pageants um, just to get the two sashes. And then I win one pageant. And of course, I'm going to have an amazing year because I've won. That's what you set out to do when you enter, I assume, for most of us. And you've now wasted 250 because you can't use that sash. Now, it's non-returnable, like non-refundable. You can't get your money back on that. So you basically paid £250 for a ribbon. And you'll see where the timer is there. It is up to you to do that. But it's the whole, as I said, wasted time. Now, usually when you enter a pageant, you get an email. And it says, like, you have to pay um, pay your deposit. And then you have to pay, like, the full amount in this amount of days. Now, I'm going to tell you... <laughs> It's not a known secret. I don't think it's a secret, but I think for people who um, compete in pageants, and they, uh, like when they first compete and they see that, um, basically, your deposit usually holds like your regional area. Um, so obviously I'm Wiltshire. So when I pay a deposit, obviously last year I just paid the whole thing straight because I had the money there waiting. Like I knew I wanted to do this pageant. So I was like, right. I have it there waiting. I just need that acceptance email. Bish, bosh, bosh. And for most people, if you get the paid deposit, then you get the email. Like, you don't have to pay in that thing. I know it's suggested, um, but you've already paid your deposit down. Um, and sometimes you get emails that say, like, if you don't pay in this certain amount, then, like, basically, if you want that regional title when you want to compete, that's fine. But, for example, if a pageant is in, let's say, February, and then there are other finals in June, July, you pay for the February one first, do the February pageant, and then decide afterwards, if you don't win, do you still want to do the June, July pageant? If you do, then you start paying again. So you've not paid out in one whack, £500 for two pageants. Um, you know, you've had that experience and then competed. So although... You, it's up to you completely. Some people find that you're not dedicating the right enough time. And it's even, it's not even like you have to spend all your time. If you have two different sashes, do the equal amount for two different sashes if you are going to do that. Um, personally, I would advise against it. 
but <laughs> if that's how you're going to do because I remember there was a girl competing in a system and suddenly and this will come onto one of the red flags later on suddenly they uploaded like six months worth of appearances in this sash and then a couple of them looked familiar um like this is regional title both regional like two regional titles they competed in a system and didn't win um and then competed in this other system two months later but they had the regional sashes for both systems and only uploaded <clears throat> the one the pictures for the one they were competing in and once they didn't win that then the six months worth came for the other one so she was doing the work of both sashes and and double sashing but she only uploaded one and then once that was done like you, you don't forget <laughs> if you went through social media um but yeah so i would save your money girls save your money and then if you have decided that this system is the f- the system for you there's that thing of should you wait a whole year so yes and no so this goes on to crown chasers so um a few people messaged the um thing of crown chasers and the definition of a crown chaser is a person that basically enters as many pageants as they can to get a crown um which is a red flag because if you want to it depends on what you're going for it um because i always say as well everyone that says their dream title and some people disagree i hate hearing dream title for every single pageant system you compete in i mean it is a dream title if you're dreaming about it but if you said that for the past three four systems and you've competed in those systems it's not a dream to be that specific title holder it's a dream to be a queen i think we need to admit to ourselves about that as i said before when i competed in yemi the first year my dream was america it wasn't the title that i wanted it was america um i knew when i entered galaxy it was for me like because i had such a long break from the first time i competed to then i thought i'd grown up more and then when i realized when i was looking back at the stage though i loved my time i realized that it wasn't the system for me um at that time and then i did this whole thing about retiring and then they changed the ages i'm like yep i'll be a miss and then i fell pregnant and my pageantry career changed as well as my life you know it was all about that right moment right time thing um mind you i look back i was like this is not where i am right now maybe in a few years i'll see um and you're allowed to change your mind about the pageant systems you compete in. There are systems that I've competed in that I wouldn't say I've regretted, but like stepping there and knowing that there was no way I was going to get the title um, because I just didn't fit what they were looking for. Um, and it was just the vibe and the feeling I got, whereas other people could have had an amazing experience at that system and absolutely loved it. Um you know, all of our pageant experiences may sound similar sometimes, but we're all individuals. <laughs> We've all had different life experiences. We've all, you know, experienced feelings differently to others. Um, so when I hear about the Crown Chaser, and it's more, it's it's not really a UK thing as much, but I had a really good analogy, an- analogy? I 
think that's the word, um, from one of my um, clients, which I loved, I loved this, and it was um, that she was like Cinderella finding the right shoe, like finding the right fit, and that is a perfect thing to think of, um, also I just love the Cinderella reference, <laughs> because you can, if you're putting your money into systems, you have every right to choose whether you want to put money into that system again or not, if you want to try again or not, um, I think that everyone's so like, oh my god, someone's entering another one, oh my goodness, like, that we kind of fail to forget that us pageant girls owe the systems nothing, when you finish on that stage, you are a free agent, you are free to do whatever you want to do, because your regional title ends as soon as you step off that stage, I know we always do that, and for your last time, I am this, <laughs> um, but it's true, it, it ends, of course, if you win, you have that year's reign, and then your year's reign ends on the final, so this is the same with, you know, I say bought titles, because when you're, re- when you're, competing now for nationals there's not many regional titles where there is like a regional final which then goes to national um so it is that contract is basically from when you pay and you get your sash to when you've stepped on that stage um it doesn't carry on of course you can carry on wearing your sash but then if you haven't paid to go into that system for next year and someone then has your title but for the next year as I said you're no longer there it's, it's, it's wrong to wear that sash with that date when you're no longer that title it ends at the final and you are free to move on if you want to go back to the system but I think a crown chaser doesn't go back to the same system no a crown <laughs> Hold on a second. A crown chaser is if they're going back to the same system again and again, as well as uh, three or four different systems in between, um, then that does seem like that they are chasing for a crown. It's, it's a very grey area. But I would say that crown chasers has evolved a little bit. Um, and here in the UK, it's very hard to do. So I'm going to tell you in America, there are a lot of crown chasers, okay? Because the contracts are, um, they are, they have non-compete clause. So, you know, you, I don't know if I said that right, but (laughs) basically you can compete in any different pageant. Like you can hold multiple titles. Uh, So... As I've said before, um, if we take an American girl, if they went and won at Regency, they can then enter for another American system and win and be multiple title holders. You know, there are girls in Yami who are multiple title holders. You know, one is one is a Yami title holder, or why am I? And she's a Regency queen. You know, there are uh, girls in America who compete at pageants like every month. Every month. Um... And especially with their pageant, like, international season uh, being, like, you know, June to September. They've got a really big high pageant season. Um, and that, I would say, is the definition. I think when you're younger, there's not... 
too much of an issue like with little ones um if you're still putting the work of all those titles then good for you but I think it's when you're older and you know we say that runner-up situation and you see your runner-up then win another title in another system and not do anything for both of the titles and you're just sitting there like how why this doesn't make any sense does not make any sense um so that's what i'd say is the definition but here in the uk like you know we actually i'd say treasure the title a bit more um you know we understand the importance and the role of being a pageant queen of course there are still girls that do nothing um and then there are girls that go above and beyond <laughs> so, you know kind of evens it all out um but you know use the example of the Regency queens um they didn't go and enter different pageants, um, you know, or they waited until their contracted ends out. Um, but they didn't need to. <laughs> they didn't need to. So I think that, you know, it's very important when we say about crown chasers, you have to think to yourself, what is your own definition of a crown chaser? Because if someone's trying to find the best fit in the pageant industry, I don't think that's a red flag. If it's their money, they're free to do what they want with it. Um, I feel sometimes we are quick to judge. However, if you have been a judge on the panel the past three times this contestant in different systems and you've heard the same thing over and over again, it, it's going to be like, why Why is it this pageant specifically? And this is when I say red flags when pageant girls do interviews and it's like, why do you want to win this title or why did you enter? And it's always, we'll do a little checklist. The sisterhood, you know, love the current queens, you know, love the system. What is it specifically about that system? You know, why? Why that system? Dig a little bit deeper um, than just the superficial, like, surface. Um, <laughs> let's take a little bit deeper, girls. So, yes, red flag to some, not red flag to other. And I think this is what's perfectly healthy in pageantry, is having that debate. And it's why we talk about these red flags as well, because we need to understand that pageantry is not all, like, sparkles and rice things. <laughs> um, it's not all perfection. There are going to be layers into it, as we said, with, like, the hierarchy. There is a hierarchy there, and we will never get rid of that. Um... But it's how you act as an individual. Like, if you feed into that hierarchy of, well, um, you're this system's queen, so you're automatically better than half the queens in the UK, then you're feeding into that narrative and you're becoming that red flag. Whereas if you are still the same person, I hate people like, oh, the crown changed them. Some people it does. Some people it does. Um, some people feel like, you know, for myself, sometimes I feel like, I don't know, like, I don't feel any different. People are like, oh, how does it feel to be a queen? I'm like, um, it doesn't feel too different, to be honest. It just means I have a weightier sash and I'm actually wearing a crown now. So I've got to adjust how my hair is. Um, no space buns, <laughs> appearances. Um, but yeah, so it could be a red flag. It could not be a red flag. I think it's how you see pageantry. Um... But I do think there should be a duty of care for if there's um pageant if a good pageant girl is entering um a lot of systems, sometimes it's like notification 
like, you know, talking to the girl herself rather than just taking me, like, you know, do you realise that you've entered these two systems? Like, even if you would, like, delay their placement, you know, like, if you want to win, this placement would be available for you to, like, as well. Because then we have the whole poaching, pageant poaching. <laughs> um, the red flags of uh, getting that inbox and it's a pageant director or the team messaging like, you'd be really good for this pageant. You should do this. A red flag to me is when um, directors do that and promise you that you will win their system. Um, and a red flag is definitely if they um, kind of put the other like pageant systems in a bad light you know for example like I can't believe the system like you didn't win the system you know it, it's, it's like a hidden it's a compliment and then a hidden insult like they just don't understand like what they've let go like the judges must be blind and all this sort of stuff I know it's like there to cheer up the girl to get them more likely to <laughs> to sign up with your system um but it's just not needed I hate this because we also have this with coaches as well. Um, you know, like, oh, who'd you coach for with? And like, oh, yeah, you coached with her. Well, I can see that. Well, let's change that. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just not needed. Um, so, <laughs> the, the double slashing, I think we need to leave the double slashing away. And Crown Chaser is up to your perception. Um, but saying that, it comes to a red flag now um, when it comes to competing and there is one that was suggested, which was, you know, a pageant girl who says they will support everyone and then doesn't. So I wouldn't say this is a, a red flag as such. Maybe, maybe Amber. Um, because... I think it's more down to the person themselves. And I don't think it's that many people. But I think that you have to be really mindful when you are a queen, if you are saying you're going to support and put out your support, that you do follow through. Um, but saying that, you shouldn't be... As pe We shouldn't expect... If we support someone, we shouldn't expect the support back. I think that's the biggest thing to talk about. Because some people are in a position like... Let's talk about events and charity events. And I've seen many statuses before when people are like... I just don't get the same support. I'm going to have to cancel this event. Um, and kind of like guilting people into coming to events. Like I could say now, like I haven't sold that many raffle tickets. Woe is me. Please buy some more. Because um, I'm scaling down a building. Sad face emoji heartbroken emoji um <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going I'm just saying I'm not going to I just did but like I'm not going to post that because it's like I shouldn't have to I shouldn't expect people to give their hard-earned money for me just because I put a status up or I'm doing something I want people to do it because they want to they want to support you it's a genuine support you know, it's genuine because you want to see me scale a building. Um, and it's the same with some events. And then it's like, it's just, some people are in a position to travel to different events. There are some pageant queens that will travel three, four, five, eight, nine hour differences. <laughs> will travel to support different people. However, we can't expect the same back. Like, if I... um. Tra like someone traveled to my event for example 
I've had that. I've had people travel hours to my event sometimes. I love that. It's incredible. I will try and support you where I can online, but you can't expect me to travel all that way back um, because I don't drive. <laughs> I have to rely on other people. And if you're just inviting me, it's very hard to do. Um, so we have that, that red flag of always expecting people to support you because they've said it. Um and they take it away. I think it all depends. I think there needs to be a bit more context with that. Um, but there is a red flag of um, always asking everyone out about what they're doing pageant wise, but then never disclosing your own plans. I know you have the whole keep your cards to your chest thing, um, but I do feel that is a red flag in pageantry. Your pageant girls always want to know everything else about your outfits, and like, because not everyone shares their outfits. I mean, I, I sometimes get really excited and I remember about my fashion wear, I was like, oh, it's going to be a big surprise to everyone. They end up telling like a good 20 people and showing the pictures. I'm like, guess what I'm doing? Guess what's finished? Just so bad. Um, and, uh, but if someone is, you know, you're telling all this stuff, but then they're not sharing anything of what they're doing. Some people like, to, as I said, you know, to keep, keep their own. Um... But then you shouldn't get mad if the other person chooses to not share information because you're doing the same, you know? It's the whole, like, the same with the group chats as well. Group chats can be a red flag in pageantry, um, but they're also a really good thing as well. So let's let's say they're an amber flag, they're an orange. I don't know why I can say amber. I think I'm getting Americanized now. Um, <laughs> red, amber, and yellow. Red, orange, yellow. Um, but <laughs> it, um, yeah, there's that whole, you know, then you go into the click thing, but basically when you're on your preparations and you have a group chat and then, you know, some people are oversharing and people aren't sharing at all. Um, and we did have one of people keeping themselves to themselves and not joining in like on, on the pageant day, not talking to anyone because they're there to win. They're there only. And I always say, if you're there just to win, um, you're missing half your pageant experience. Um, 100%. And if you don't win, that's going to hurt so much more. Because you have to prepare yourself to if you don't win. However, prepare yourself to not win and not have like the next four pageants lined up with the sashes in your house. Maybe not so much. Um, but you know, you can have you can have the plans. Um, you can have the plans ready. Because everyone we've talked about it for like your master plan, your pageant master plan, of what ages. I know COVID messed up a lot of people's master plans, but you know, it's there. It's there. Um but if you feel um this is where the whole preparation when you're a contestant, if you feel like you're not vibing with someone as much don't try and keep reaching out, keep your energy, if you'll feel like you're constantly giving the energy and you're not getting anything back, a lot of people will do that, if you're someone who's very friendly and, you know, loves to overshare or loves to just be involved in that, um, it's all about preserving your energy, so there will always be people in the competition that keep themselves to themselves, um, or won't say anything, and, <laughs> Sometimes you feel that some people say it's a bit sneaky. So, you know, like, won't post anything of their appearances and then suddenly post, like, a good hundred. 
Now, yeah, that is quite sneaky because when you do appearances, they should be posted like there and then or a week or two weeks because, as I said, appearances are, you know, advertisement. Their awareness, whether their awareness for that event, that charity, um, their advertisement for your system. There is no point of posting them all, like suddenly a week before finals. <laughs> it's um, it's it's a toxic thing in our pageant community that we always compare ourselves to how many appearances other people have done, and how much charity, uh, money people have done. And like, oh, I'll wait until last minute to upload of my stuff or to put all my fundraising online um it's it's a it is a toxic mentality that you need to get out of a hundred percent so we will get to coaches in a second before we get to knowing that you thinking you have to have a certain shoe um Marta Fangs were mentioned uh you know a few years ago it was Chinese laundries I think it's Sammy's now um Having a certain shoe, so I'm going to tell you now, it's, it's not a toxic trait, uh, not, it's not a red flag, but it could be, I guess it defines, you know, it's what you define as red flag. It is, yeah, something that not, is not needed in pageants, because everyone, like, steps away from the chunky shoes, and chunky shoes is great, um, <laughs> but people wear these shoes, and they're too high for them, they fall over, I found um, the fangs very narrow, and they only go up to a size, I think they only go up to a size, like a UK 9, um, and I had to, like, get two sizes up, my wide fix are very narrow, um, and very light, Chinese laundries are very heavy, um, but it's the heel, like, for me, that's no longer viable, um, <laughs> with my, with my leg problems, but if you can't walk in really high heels, why are you wearing high heels, you don't need to, it's having, like, a certain shoe, or having a dress make, um, that you have to have this person to make your dress, or you have to go to the shop, and this is what we were saying about sponsors before, um, that you have to have, um, these to win, and you don't, I won in Simply Be Heels, um, I mean, I guess I had a Giovanni dress, but no one says that you have to have Giovanni to win, you know, I don't know what the brand is, what, what the in-brand is right now, I'm not sure what the in-brand is, but I do know about the heels and I am going to tell you now that the amount of toes I see hanging out of shoes will haunt me for my lifetime. Um, sometimes it's funny when you're aware of it, but <laughs> if your shoes are, like, if your toes are hanging out, it's not, that's not the shoe for you. Sometimes it will just, like, slip out randomly, like... <clears throat> But, yes, um, your pinky toe shouldn't be falling out. And that's why, that's why Chinese laundries are really good for me, but fangs were not so much. Um, half my toes <laughs> be on the side of them. But you don't need it. You do not need it. Now, we are going to go into the red flags of coaching. But before I do, there was one thing I wanted to add about, um, directors and systems red flags. And that is, um... I think we touched on it, but the systems that say you don't need any appearances. Um, and as I said, we were discussing this on the live yesterday. And it's definitely true that if your pageant is going to internationals, I think I have said this, but just to say it again, if your pageant is going to internationals, um, there will be other 
like things to be expected. You know, for example, for Waimai and Yami, you have an application, um, which is judge. It's a judge application. And then there's an interview portion on these questions, plus additional questions asked. And it has about your community service you've done for the past year. And if you've not done anything, it's going to be empty. Yes, the system itself may not score on that. But when you go to internationals, the same as Royal has those options. Um, but they have like the two-year scrapbook part. The Regency have awards um, for visibility and community service, etc. Um, so, and well, I would say Galaxy has additional points um once again capped capped to five. Um and so you're doing yourself a advantage if you don't get those, you know, ten appearances to get the five extra points. Um but also the same as when you're writing your bio sheets and you know you're doing that and it's like, yeah, I've done nothing. Um but the poster said I didn't need to do anything. These systems allow for girls to enter like two weeks and win um or a month and win so you know it can happen but once you get to that international point are you taking home the international crown um and you'll find that the people are the ones that have been doing stuff at internationals um depending on the level of what they're being scored on um so it's, I guess it's an orange flag, it's an amber flag um, for competitions that say that. And it will be in a tagline of so many pageant systems. Um, but I could say <laughs> the one pageant system um, that would be, I guess, UK's National Misses, No Appearance Points. And, like the ones that, that do national, like Pageant Girl as well. And there are some other national pageants, um, you know, where the way you, you don't have to be the person who's done the most to win um I feel like that's gone really weird because like there are other systems where it happened but like you're there you stop at national so you don't have to worry about the internationals you know you could not do anything and then win and then you have the opportunity or not like if you, you want to continue but the red flags of coaching now I just lost my page on my notes and yes I have notes I am very organized this today how, how good is that? Uh, mainly because I knew I'd forget the <laughs> point. So, coaches, I'm going to be 100% really honest now, and this really irritates me. Um, coaches that tell you to lose weight, get rid of them. That's a massive red flag. That's like the hugest red flag ever. Um, 50 foot train. Coaches should not be telling you to lose weight um, to win a system. It's disgusting. I hate it. It really angers me. Not just because I'm a plus size woman and I get that all the time. You know, why why is a plus size woman won this? Why is a plus size woman a coach? Um, I had it all the time, just bringing back angry memories. <laughs> I had it all the time when I was a personal trainer. Yes, I'm a qualified personal trainer and have been since 2013. So if I'm giving you fitness advice, if I'm telling you about fitness advice, it's from a fitness point of view. Like, telling someone to lose weight just because that's what they're looking for, disgusting. Um, I have told a girl before that they might want to do some stretches. 
um, just to help loosen up and you know strengthen like some you know some abdominal exercises for the core so abdominal just saying all these fancy words uh, core exercises um <laughs> to help strengthen it so they would they would you know be standing taller standing straightener without you know slouching and there's a difference between that and saying you need to lose a stone of weight so you will look good weight has nothing to do with your posture um it's more about flexibility and strength um so as i said i'm a plus-sized girl but i can have great posture when my back's playing right <laughs> um saying that i literally just got a twinge of the back is like you're talking about me yes i am you're ruining my life back um <laughs> again. and you're listening like what but yes it's no one should have to lose weight to enter a competition. And I know that there are top pageants. Um, and I feel like you... Weight loss and weight gain journey, because there are two sides of it, is such a delicate subject. It has to be from you. You need to want to do it. And in the handbook, we actually do have a section about it, um, about how to plan properly, because you do not need to lose any weight um, at all. And sometimes when you go on these weight loss journeys, you might stay the same weight, but you actually look better from like being toned and using your muscles. Because, you know, as we say, muscle weighs the same as fat. It just looks a lot different. So being told that you need to be a size four when you're a size six is just disgusting. Telling people they need to have plastic surgery and injections and, you know, not eat anything for two weeks and eat cotton ball buds. It's just so bloody gross. I hate it so much. And I will never tell someone that they need to lose weight and never tell someone to change the core being of themselves this goes on to the next one of a coach telling you to change to fit the pageant system as we say many times you are choosing a system that fits you you're not changing yourself to fit them now when we do interview sessions um we may or like talk about your social media we may talk about how we're going to make things more pageantry you know, fine-tuning our answers to showcase our personality, but still make it pageantry. Um, and that's why we, like, for here for Sparkles anyways, I'm not, I can't say I speak for all coaches. Um, but I don't want to make everything 100% serious when, you know, not every question needs to be 100% serious. Um, I just feel it sucks the fun out of it when we are looking for an overall queen, not just the one. There are systems that may be looking for serious 100% of the time, you know, looking for someone who has, you know, is void of personality because they are pageant perfection, the pageant patty, which I hate that word. Um, <laughs> but you should never change. So it's like changing how you are online, changing who you interact with, changing um your style you know like I heard I'm gonna say I heard not like heard in the grapevine I was told that one coach I mean I've told, been told a lot worse stuff like this um but I won't I won't spill the tea 
on here, but tomorrow I'm talking about changing the mugs. Obviously, like the plastic surgery and stuff is just gross and disgusting, and I just hate it. Um, but someone someone told this person that they needed to change their entire wardrobe um you know so everything was out they needed to buy different clothes um like everything um they need to change their style and to look at influencers and look at what they're wearing and mold themselves to that image now i get there are some clothes that might be not pageant appropriate for an appearance you know um but this person who like she actually had a really nice style um and it was really personal to her and her figure um because yes this person had a fuller figure like myself um i'm gonna tell you this now um <laughs> it, it, it is a very big bugbear of mine when um we are told we have to wear something when it's actually not going to suit our figure. Um, and you're being told this by someone who's not a plus size person. You need to wear this style. You need to do that. And it looks disgusting on us. <laughs> I've seen many times gorgeous styles of a pageant girls. I'm like, yes, I want to try that. And then I get it and I cry because I'm like, oh my God, this is not given what it was given. And that's a fashion industry thing of, you know, um, and why it's really nice to see more plus-size pageant girls experimenting with their style and, and showing off more appearances. Um, it really is nice to see. But that's individuality and, and expressing themselves. And if I then told them that actually, no, they needed to wear, you know, midi dresses and that's it. Um, have to wear gowns at every single pageant event. Um you know, one, it racks up the cost because we all are not on the same budget. We are all not on the same budget um, at all. <laughs> some of us have more, some of us have less. And that's not the fault of anyone. Like, if I see someone spending so much money on their outfits, like, I'll get a twinge of, <sighs> I wish that was me. Sad face. But, like, that's them. That's their life situation. Like, go girl if you can afford it you can me not so much but it's all about you know like what I'm doing with that money and what I'm choosing to wear you know I always say if I won like the lottery I'd still be like shopping at Sheen and, and Primark I'd just buy like double the amount <laughs> like oh yeah that's gonna my basket um but you know, that's a different lifestyle. Some people are brought up around those clothes, other people are not. Um you know, it's not flaunt it's not flaunting wealth, as I'm trying to say. It's not flaunting wealth. It's just, you know, that's the brands that they wear. But also understanding, have that empathy that not everyone can. So if this person is wearing incredible stuff and it's really cheap, that's not bad because they're dressing they're not dressing inappropriately they've not got their boobs out like their ass isn't hanging out it looks like a very cohesive outfit which would be perfect in a pageant planner you know um in a pageant lookbook even so <laughs> trying to change then you know like to say this system only suits these outfits look at the look at the systems queens now 
I would say there is a trend in like the type of appearance and what you wear. So, you know, daytime outfits would be a midi dress or knee length dress, you know, pageant events, a little bit extra. You might have someone have a short dress. Now, there is a rule of if you're a queen, you should wear a gown. It's like an unwritten rule. Some directors do actually enforce this, um, but it depends on the event, depends on the pageant, depends on if it's a daytime pageant, nighttime. Um, also, sometimes I think it depends on the weather. Because sometimes it do be hot. <laughs> it really do be hot. Um, but, yes. Um, with that, there will be, you know, like, you're not going to wear ripped jeans to a pageant event, are you? But you're not moulding yourself to the current queens. Because if you're copying every single thing that those queens are doing, you're not, you haven't got your own individuality. So if a coach is saying to you, so going back to red flags before I go off my soapbox, if a coach is saying to you that you have to change if you want to win, because there will be changes, <clears throat> you will need to do a little bit of, you know, self-love, self-evaluation. Um, but it's all aspects of you. If you have to mould and change yourself into someone, that, as I said, the judges see that you're fake. And it's not saying that you're fake. They see that you're not happy because you're not, you're like, sub I kind of think that you're just not you're not you you're pushing down the real you and showcasing something that is not needed to win you know but hey some some systems might love that and snap it up but uh, most of the systems today they want someone who is genuine and they've seen like all your posts beforehand so as soon as you enter that system and you suddenly change it's like what brought this on because you have to keep it up for a whole year as well should you win 18 months usually if you 18 months to two years um depending on like finals if you're a queen <sighs> but yeah any coach that tells you to lose weight any coach that tells you to change now the whole contract thing as you said pros and cons to it um i personally think it is a red flag because it doesn't give you um the client a chance to experience other things where you're not happy because as i said not everyone gets on with everyone or people have different learning styles um not everyone is going to respond um and then there might be a new coach that comes up which actually you know you really love and you've seen their work as a queen for the many years they've been a queen so you're like i really want to train with them like and be the first ones um but that's a discussion for yourselves i think because every coach works differently we all have our different individualities um most of us do state that but that's you as a client it's your you are the ones in power you're the one who choose you are the ones who choose who you go to train with um and that is up to you so if you do want to sign a contract then you feel comfortable and own that um if you want to try around and that's the thing as well like when we for sparkles we have like two set prices we have a single session and we have the four pack now with the four pack of course you are tied into four sessions um to be used within six months that's why i do always suggest to try a single session first um like if you're not 100 percent, see how you feel um with that and if you decide that we're not a good fit you're done single sessions done um you know you have that session you can try someone else um 
you know, that's why sometimes I know that it's like, oh, I'm saving so much money by buying a 10 pack bundle. And then you get like halfway through it and you're like, I've not learned anything. I'm not getting the response. No, red flag. Okay, red flag. <laughs> Coaches that aren't readily available. Um, so we'll take, now I'm going to say sometimes I might take a couple of days to get back to someone. Sometimes it might take a couple of minutes. It depends when you reach me. Um, but if a coach is actively ignoring you, and they have your money, red flag, 100%. Um, if they've got you down on their books and they can't fit you in in like three months, busy girls, understandable, but you've signed something, that's a red flag. Because I understand that if I'm signing something, I'm going to have at least readily availability once a month. Like, you know, and then if it's getting close to my pageant, I'm going to want to see that person more. That's just naturally how it is, isn't it? The same with red flags is, you know, if your coach is ignoring you, if your director is ignoring you, if your dressmaker is ignoring you, dress shops, they are 100% red flags. Speak to someone about it. Um, as I said, you know, like if they haven't responded in a couple of days, yeah, it's not too much of an issue. But <laughs> this is my annoyance. People that just send question marks, it very irritates me. It irritates me so much. Don't just send me question marks. It's really rude. Especially sometimes I've had that when someone's messaged me like at six o'clock in the morning um, and I've not responded to it because it's six o'clock in the morning. Um, and at midday I'll get question marks. I'm like, give, give me some time to breathe. Honestly. <sighs> yes, but there should be... I'm not saying it's a quick response because it's the same with business times and things like that. But if they're actively ignoring you and they've taken your money for a session and not actually, like, booking it in, um, red flag. But as a consumer as such, um, make sure you message them to, like, you know, say, if you haven't... If we're not having this session, I need a refund. Um, and don't, I feel a lot of people are scared to kind of speak out a little bit, especially if they're like top tier, but if someone is taking your money and not giving you a service, like I could never, I could never, and this reminds me, I need to message people back about their upcoming sessions because they have, it's still in the six month period, but I don't like waiting, <laughs> don't like leaving people waiting too long. Um, but yeah, like, they've taken your, like, they provide service, the same with, you know, like, sending you products and dresses and outfits and, you know, all sorts. You've paid for a product, you should be delivered it, and just don't, yeah, it's, it's a huge issue with that. Now, the last red flag, and I think there are a lot more red flags in pageantry, um, that need to be said about. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that we haven't already discussed. Um, there are lots <laughs> more, um, that may crop up. And as I said, if you want to drop me some messages of your red flags as well, um, <clears throat> that would be great. But yeah, the last one of this will actually be its own podcast as well when we talk about it. And that is someone who's won a crown and then decided they can coach. Um, and then charging top whack for it. Um, and I don't know, I probably did discuss this last one, but just in case, 
not everyone can coach i'm going to tell you that not everyone can be a pageant coach um it's the cra- crowns don't mean nothing i'm gonna i'm gonna be completely honest crowns don't mean nothing even though i'm looking at my room and there's loads of crowns looking at me right now they mean nothing in in half sense because yes i did the work to be a queen but do i have the knowledge of that how can i then teach someone about it so one thing about being a coach is sometimes you'll come up with girls who are really nervous um who don't have any confidence or like little confidence or maybe just little knowledge of how pageantry works and they might feel a bit intimidated as well um like by yourselves even though they booked you like it feels really like weird to me when they say that like I'm really scared to talk to you I'm like why <laughs> just talk to me I'm a normal human being I was you know I hope just like you <laughs> Or maybe more because I have IBS. But um <laughs> hashtag global. Um but like it's your job as a coach to keep someone at ease, to not be a yes person and just tell them yes all the time, to have different options, different ways because people learn differently. Um know what you're coaching about and what the answers should sound like compared to them so it's also knowing the knowledge about your client so if you just go straight into coaching um asking about their platform when they don't have one and asking about you know why you should win you know because sometimes um it's like it's like planning a an interview session um because when i was a personal trainer we would we plan our sessions um and then long-term clients like there'd be an idea and then sometimes in busy periods it's whatever you could get your hands on um in the gym to what areas would be training like especially if like they're doing once a week just want all body training like cool we can do that but then with um pageant coaching it could be you start the timer go for everything and then realize that there are no answers coming out so this is where you take a step back and go right let's go through the questions um what you'd like to answer what you'd like to gain from it or maybe like let's work for a plan should you win or what are you planning to do um on the lead up you know what would you like to have as a platform or charity of choice and then it's going through there like there's no set way it's having patience you need to have patience as as a coach and you need to be able to teach like there's no um there's no formal qualifications to be a pageant coach um (laughs) there's not um now you can get an online like life coaching and mentoring certificate I've done that um just for fun um (laughs) back in the day uh it's not much I mean you know sometimes I talk about smart goals and you kind of this is how you apply it to pageantry um you know but not every there's not a course there's not a course on how to be a pageant coach maybe one day (laughs) maybe one day there will be maybe in America there is you know from like but every coach has a different way of coaching their like even it might seem the same sometimes there are different ways um you know I can be quite stern sometimes and quite, to quote some of my clients, quite harsh. <laughs> um, but because it's from a place of love. Um, I remember saying that, I'm like, you're going to scare everyone away because you're, you're saying I'm really harsh. Um, was it blunt? I think it's blunt, to the point. But <laughs> it's because, wow, well, girls, you're going to internationals. I need to make sure that you are completely prepared. But, you know, 
I'm not going to do it in a way that you're going to cry because people have cried before. Um, <laughs> it makes me so sad because I'm like, please don't cry. Um, but sometimes it's just overwhelming with something. You're like, do you know what? I'm not where I'm meant to be. And sometimes people coach and then realise that it's, they're not where they want to be. Um, they might need some time out. But it's, it's having that patience and having that knowledge to know where some things might be overwhelming for some and maybe it's changing the tactics and going on into a different way. Um, but yeah, going back, there's no there's no official qualifications. Um, the pattern coaches that you see in the UK may have undergone different qualifications. Um, for me, to give you some insight into how I coach, well, not how I coach, but <laughs> why, uh, as I said, I was a personal trainer since 2013, I did my qualifications in my qualifications level two level three um like personal training is one-to-one coaching and obviously level two is group coaching as well so there are a lot of different coaching elements as well as having the actual knowledge about the body the anatomy nutrition all that stuff like how to efficiently coach and I was you know <laughs> scored on it in like how you're talking to your clients and and all this sort of stuff and it's just applying that knowledge to pageantry now I started coaching in 2019 officially for Sparkles and Rhinestones um but I used to coach since 2015 for like Wiltshire Girls um so by then I had five years pageant experience um and then I probably don't want to do the maths but like eight nine years by the time I officially opened the books (laughs) for everyone and now you know I'm nearly up to 13 years so a very long time Winning one crown does not replace the years of pageant experience that you may need or knowledge. And it, as I said, it's being active in that pageant community. Um, because, yeah, you may have won one crown, but you could have been in the pageant industry for a number of years. Now, I've said this is something I didn't put in the thing before. <laughs> you could have been in a number of years as a bystander watcher, as a parent, as a supplier... And then you decided to go in. So you've kind of like learned that knowledge along the way. You've been immersed in pageant culture. If you have just entered and then, you know, won, great. But I said you need to apply the winning, in brackets, formula to a number of different people who have different lifestyles, different body shape, different skin tones, um, different everything. Um, that has to really be acknowledged. Um, and also, this is like green flag of of pageant coaches if they know that this is a client that they can't take on they'll recommend another coach um rather than just take the money that's my green flag because as I said a red flag is someone taking you on and then not actually knowing what to do like for example plus size women teaching me a routine um that I can't do you know um that my body is not able to move in that way or it just looks really strange or not not strange it makes you look very bouncy plus size women look very bouncy on stage sometimes um and that is controlling the walk we sometimes as i said our body bounces <laughs> um but you know if someone's teaching me a really bouncy routine it doesn't look as good as what it could do. You know, you have to understand different body types. And then, you know, putting me at an interview level for something like, you know, Miss Universe, when I'm definitely not Miss Universe material, and I'm competing at a national pageant that's not going to internationals. Um, 
or competing internationally for a system that doesn't ask you about politics or about religion and then you're giving me all these questions about politics and religions and like what's happening in the current state of the world that's not for the system like as I said you need to have knowledge and experience and research research everything ask those contestants for those packs like I want if I'm looking for a coach I want to make sure that they know the system that I'm competing in even if they've never won in it or never won at all I want to know that they know what they're talking about at the end of the day, girls, if someone is pressuring you to train with a certain person or enter a certain pageant, that is a red flag. Hugely. You need to stop and research and do yourself. Now, your friends will have opinions. <laughs> you will have your own opinions. Um, but for those that say, don't enter that system, it's beneath you. Or, you know, you're not ready for that pageant yet. Don't do that. You don't need those vibes in your life, girl um but yeah so let's recap on those red flags so as i said last episode was about um transparency and directors website um you know not everything in cash too many titles um needing a brand like there's not a pageant brand that you need uh and then this time we were talking in about crown chasers and double sashing, um, coaches who tell you to lose weight or to mould yourself into um, a winner for that system because, you know, obviously apparently you don't suit it even though you're accepted. You don't suit that pageant, which is bull. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's just lots of... Um, red flags that we've gone with but if you have your own red flag please drop us a message on instagram and tell us um i would like to know and i think stepping forward i really want to make some more com concert i was gonna say controversial not controversial conversational points in pageantry because we don't want to pretend that it's all you know glitter and sunshine um there are parts that need to be discussed and also for you guys to not be afraid to come out and talk to us about issues that are happening. You know, some some might be really trivial, really trivial, and but it's important for you to discuss these and talk about them and kind of talk through and then realise. You know, I always I always chat with my girls about if I have um an issue in pageantry and I'll screenshot, I'm like, am I right to feel this way? yes or no and if I'm obviously out of line they'll tell me I'll drop it and <laughs> we won't hear any further of that but you know, like you know you need sometimes you need your feelings validated um but not at the cost of others so my advice is to make sure that you always research your system make sure that you research your coach make sure that you um are happy with all your outfits because they're a representation of you um and that your crown journey is a representation of you you're not trying to replicate anyone else um but yeah going back to you know bringing other people on for con uh what the word i said <laughs> uh to talk more about different things in pageants and opinions and invite debates and um this is what our pageant con was meant to be last year um and then we never actually got the the right format for it. Um, 
but yeah anyways pageant con will be talked about in september as well as all the other fun stuff we have coming up um but for now thank you so much for listening if you have any issues any problems any questions the inbox is always open on instagram so drop us a message but thank you so much for listening